When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right off the bat, need to tell you about the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artists, the highest awarded topical brand in all of Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency, doesn't stain your sheets, they're not greasy, it helps with deep muscle tissue discomfort, and it's fast absorbing. Now you can find them at all your local light shade dispensaries, 10, soon to be 11 in the Denver metro area. Now, podcast listeners, you're going to get 25% off non-sale items when you use code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a lightshade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use code DNVR at sign up and get some very special offers. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, I'm going to let you know what went down at camp in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields on Tuesday. It's going to power rank the best early spring starts. You might be able to get to some news from around the league. And I'll also play you a guest appearance that I had on PHNX Diamondbacks, where we discuss those Chris Bryant rumors a little bit more. But what happened on Tuesday? Well, rumors began to swirl a bit more about outfielder Jock Peterson. He's a left-handed hitting corner outfielder that we know very well from the division with his time with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Saw him, of course, a bit last year with the Chicago Cubs. And dude is someone that is very much used to winning everywhere he goes. He seems to win, brings that swagger with him just a little bit. And frankly, he hasn't been very good over the last two seasons. He is a good player, I think, to bring into the clubhouse and maybe help elevate some of those younger guys. And you can pull out some of those more winning ways from him. But the real question is, does he provide much of an upgrade over the Rockies' current options? Well, right now, as far as left-handed bats go, you've got, well, Charlie Blackman's in right field. Lock him in. Done. Charlie Blackman, right fielder. We know this. But among left-handed hitting outfield bats, we're talking Sam Hilliard. We're talking Ryan Altapia. One of them is in camp right now. One of them is not. Now, I know nothing about Ryan Altapia's visa issues. I, I know nothing about it. I do know that a lot of guys who are coming in from the Dominican Republic, other parts of Latin America, they've been able to work those things out relatively quickly. Now, if it doesn't happen and it takes longer, so be it. But is this somewhat of an indicator? I think it might be a bit of a stretch, honestly, 
to think that Ryan Maltapi is going to have all kinds of crazy visa issues, but it does make you think, does he fit on this roster? Is there something much larger going on? Would a trade of Ryan Maltapia really open up a much more veteran spot in the corner outfield? Again, you do have the designated hitter spot, and you can say, all right, Jack Peterson is going to be there maybe three out of every seven days, whatever it is, and then those other four days can be rotated around. I think you can have him at a really good price. Rockies have done a good job of getting guys on the cheap. Again, we're not talking superstar players, but we are talking guys that can pick it at shortstop and Jose Iglesias, a guy who can close down games in the ninth inning. Might not be sexy all the time, but he does have a pedigree for it in Alex Colome, who's like about $4.1 million, and Chad Cool, who we'll talk about here in just a moment, getting $3 million plus some performance bonuses. So Jock Peterson, bring him in on $8 million. I'm, that's just a ballpark number. That could be enough to bring him in if GM Bill Schmidt really feels like they need much more of a veteran presence. Jonathan Daza, another one of those players coming in from Venezuela, we've yet to see at camp. Hopefully Wednesday morning, I expect to see Elias Diaz, as I've heard some rumblings about him getting to Salt River Fields at some point in the next couple of days. Bud Black went through his starting rotation as he sat down with members of the media. It seems like there's really not much to talk about with the rotation, and you know, frankly, there isn't. We know we've got Herman Marquez most likely being the opening day starter. You're probably going to want to split up those left-handers. So the real question is, do you want Austin Gomber as your number five starter? Maybe. I think you could slot Freeland in as number two, Sensatella number three, Gomber number four, and the man that Bud Black has said has all the opportunity in the world to be the number five starter, Chad Cool. It's the reason they are spending $3 million on him. We still have so much further to go here in spring training to learn a lot more about Chad Cool, but we do have an article up now on the DNVR.com all about the rotation, all about Chad Cool, what he is bringing to the roster in terms of depth and what Buddy Black calls potential upside. He still has some left in there. And so you can read that now, only 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com. Found it incredibly interesting that Buddy said his long relief role is probably down to two guys. He threw Ty Block's name in there, the Colorado native from Regis Jesuit High School. He did receive a mention in there. But the first two names off the tip of his tongue were Ashton Godot, who we saw do it late last year and do it really well. Had a good time catching up with him on Monday about his offseason. Stayed in Denver for the most part. Was working out with Herman Marquez. Learned a couple of things with him from that. And the second guy, rookie Ryan Rollison. Now, Chad Cool was brought in really as a buffer, as a way to protect both Rollison and Peter Lambert, two guys that, frankly, were somewhat banged up over 2021. For Lambert, we're talking Tommy John surgery in 2020 and just getting back on the mound late last year. So they are being very, very cautious with him, even going so far as to some of his bullpen sessions. The catcher is setting up in front of the plate. 
to, again, to alleviate some of that stress on his arm. The only thing worse than having Tommy John surgery is having it twice. And so you definitely don't want that to happen. And again, if you can lean on a more veteran player, that's really what I thought Ty Block was brought in here for in many, many ways. But now you've got Chad Cool as that guaranteed guy. That's a $3 million insurance option. That's money really well spent that, you know what? As long as you can get at least two months out of the guy, that's that's icing on the cake in, in many ways because it's going to protect Lambert so he can go come along at his own natural pace and you can start to work Ryan Rollison into the rotation somewhat, stretch him out. So Rollison potentially still going to make the opening day roster, not as a starter right away, but as the long reliever getting to go on the plane trips, getting to go and mingle with the other guys on the 26-man roster, picking their brain, much like Lucas Gilbreth was able to do last year with Daniel Bard and Carlos Estevez and Jolice Chassin. All of those guys were integral in the growth of Lucas Gilbreth. And so you could very well have the case again with another left-hander in Rollison who got to expect him to be back in the rotation at some point this year. Maybe not. Maybe not because he had so few innings in 2021. He could just be the long reliever all year long. And then in 2023, you start to ramp him up and get him ready for the rotation. As I said, Peter Lambert, not really a candidate for the number five spot in rotation. Bud Black also said he wasn't really a candidate for the long reliever role as he's still recovering. Again, once he is back, once he is up to 100% health or very close to it. We know athletes never really hit that 100% mark. But once he's there, I, I expect him to be in the mix in, in all shape and forms. But right now, he just needs to recover. Jordan Sheffield, a player who has some history as a starting pitcher in the past down in the minors, unfortunately, no. You're going to see him maybe for multiple innings, but as that true long reliever, Bud Black said, uh-uh, not going to happen. But he said that the Rockies are still looking to add more depth. And that makes sense. It's it's always true, especially at altitude, especially in Denver. But adding more depth is vital for the Rockies right now for two reasons. One being Albuquerque does not have much quality depth right now. They don't have very many veteran guys. They have some good young guys who are still in the process of developing or maybe just don't have very high ceilings. But that farm system that's been ranked in the 20s for the last couple of years, we're starting to see the last of those players come through the system, those players that aren't really high impact. Hartford, we're starting to see the best of the next crop coming up, but there is a bit of a void right now, still in Albuquerque. Now, we are talking in the catching depth, Brian Servin and Carlos Perez as potential fits for a backstop. <laughs> You just can't expect both Diaz and Dom Nunez to have the same amount of health success as they did last year. Neither catcher hit the IL only the second time in team history that ever happened. Kurt Manwaring and catcher Jeff Reed. That's it. Those are the as the only other time it had ever happened. So those are two guys that are always going to stay ready. When you're the third or fourth catcher in Albuquerque, you are really one foul tip away from making it to the majors. The other guy, though, that is a good depth piece 
in Albuquerque that's projectable that you feel good about. Corner infielder Elahiris Montero. He's a third baseman that may eventually move over to first base, but he is one of those projectable guys you're very much excited to see out on the field. Now, I was at one of the backfield games over the weekend and took note of what the lineup looked like. We had the AAA squad against the AA squad. And again, let me know if you are hearing better depth in AAA right now than what I'm selling you. The only other guy that I know we've really talked about extensively here on the podcast as a player who could do some big, bigger things in the majors is Coco Montez. But again, tell me if I'm wrong. Here is the Albuquerque lineup early in mid-March. Still got a few weeks to go, three weeks to go until opening day in Oklahoma City on April 5th for the Isotopes. Center fielder, Witten Bernard. Second baseman, Tim Lopes. Left fielder, Sean Bouchard. First baseman, DJ Peterson. DH, Carlos Perez. Third baseman, Coco Montez. Catcher, Brian Servin. Kyle Holder at shortstop. Kate Harris in right field. These are the guys you're going to need to rely upon if there's an injury, if someone goes down. Tyler, Taylor Motter was available for the Rockies last year. Didn't get much action, but good veteran depth piece that they picked up last year that was able to contribute. Similar to Rio Ruiz. Do we have that right now in Albuquerque? Not exactly. So the team is still looking to go out and adding more minor league players. Scott Shebler could be one of those guys where if he doesn't make the big league roster and get added to the 40-man, you could see him down in Albuquerque if he decides to continue going forward with his career with the Rockies. Now, I know you want that Yard Goats lineup too. And come on, of course, I'm going to give that to you. At second base, leading off, Isaac Collins rising in the rankings is that boy from Creighton, the Blue Jay. At third base, Aaron Schunk. Batting third, Bretton Doyle in center field. Hitting cleanup, Big Mike, Michael Tolia. At first base, catching and batting fifth, Willie McIver. Hunter Stovall, designated hitter. Boy, oh boy, do people have some really good things to say about that young man. Professional hitter. It will be interesting to see what he does this year in double-A. Daniel Montano in left field. Ty Hill in right field. And Christian Navarro at shortstop for your Hartford Yard Goats. Big shout out to all of our members going out to the watch parties, gearing up for that tournament. Buffs, Rams, if they can make a deep run, you know they got all kinds of games going on at the corner of Colfax, New York. But hey, right now, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. If you aren't already, go out and give some love to Avs and Nuggets as they heat up for the postseason so you can be well-informed on them. You know the Broncos are doing their thing in the offseason. They already made a couple moves to the roster. Russell Wilson, obviously the big one, but they did just make a move this week as well. So give them some love on the podcast tip and check out our YouTube channel. Don't forget, we are over there, DNVR Sports. Give us a search. You can see all of our live shows. You can actually go back in the catalog and listen to the conversation I had with Jason Hirsch, which is yet to come out as a podcast. Finding it hard to fit that one in because we've got actual real baseball news in but he was a member of the 2007 Colorado Rockies had a lot of good things to say about his teammates Uh, did talk about the lockout all of that we can forget about but 2007 World Series member of the Colorado Rockies Jason Hirsch you can watch that over on the YouTube channel just search DNVR Sports you know Breckenridge Brewery's good company hard seltzer is the official seltzer 
down on the corner of Colfax, New York at the DNVR bar. But hey, got to specifically say, it's winter time. You need to tap into that Avalanche Ale, that classic American amber that blends pale chocolate and caramel malts in a well-rounded, flavorful beer. It's crafted for balance, so it's versatile and a satisfying anytime beer. The Garrett Hampson of beers, if you will. That's Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Ale. The teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in on all the action before the first team tips off this Thursday. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's just that simple. If they win, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNBR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Because if they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's go ahead and power rank the best early spring start. We've got no games yet. Thursday will be... The first game, everyone very excited for that around these parts against the Diamondbacks, a tradition that stays alive. That's going to be going down at 2.05 Mountain Daylight Time. Not sure if it's definitely pretty sure it's probably not going to be on television, but can you get it on the MLB app and listen to it there? I'm hoping. I'm hoping you're at least able to do that much. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get updates from us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies or at Patrick D. Lions. So let's power rank the best early spring starts. And really, just going by looks. What do the guys look like showing up to camp? How have they performed so far in the brief goings-ons, as you will? We've only had live pitching start back up on Tuesday. Probably saw some of those clips. Charlie Blackman against Kyle Freeland. So I'm only going from the visuals. First off is Austin Gomber. Now, Important to note, he had that lower back injury that sidelined him for the final month of the season. Actually recovered fairly quickly. He's all healed up. I think about mid-October was when he was locked and loaded, ready to go. So he had his normal off-season routine. In fact, you might even say he was even a little bit more normal because he wasn't getting traded from the team he was drafted by to some other team he knew nothing about that played at altitude. Now... He knows everyone in the clubhouse, so expect very much a bounce-back year health-wise from Austin Gomber. Also, honorable mention for Charlie Blackman because he looks as great as ever. That photograph that I took of him put out there on Twitter did not do him justice. People throwing out some comments about him gaining weight. I really think it was just the shirt that he was wearing, one of those kind of fishing polos uh, that you button up made by Columbia, wind must have caught really uh, underneath it and kind of fluffed it out. But no, it's it's Charlie Blackman. He stays in tip-top physical condition. I, I'm curious about his post-playing career because not all guys are able to keep their best shape together. I mean, we've seen Vinny Castilla do it. You know, I, I, I forget how old he is sometimes because of the shape. He, he looks like he could still play. He could still go at this point. And so if we ever get an old-timers day, Charlie Blackman is going to be in just as good a shape as Zach Veen. If, if we're talking about an old-timers day in a decade from now, you're going to say, wow, Charlie Blackman looks like he can go with Veen at this point. 
Number five on the best spring starts power ranking, Connor Joe looks to be in great shape. He was in great shape last year. Looks even better this year. Really. Didn't think that was possible, but no, he is looking great. He's moving around great. That hamstring injury that sidelined him for the final week plus of the year, not a problem for him. And so he's, he's a little bit older. And so these health issues have a way of flaring up. And so you hope that isn't the case. But again, going from everything that I've seen so far, he is in peak physical condition and ready to go. So, so hopeful that he can build off of what he was able to show in 2021. Number four, Ryan McMahon, defense. That's it. That's all I got to say. Defense. The ball really sounds a bit differently off his bat than with some other guys. He just seems to find a way to hit the ball almost every single time on the sweet spot. Hasn't really hit into his, hasn't really gotten into his power stroke just yet. Haven't seen too many balls go over the fence in batting practice, but it also looks like he is only, only going at about three quarters strength on those swings. And he's just hitting the balls in the alley and off the fence almost on a pitch by pitch basis. And again, the defense, him making these barehanded plays with such ease, it was very Nolan Arenado esque. And Colton Moker is a very good defender himself. But when you put those two guys side by side, working together as they've been, it's glaring the difference of how good Ryan McMahon is. I really think that he can win a gold glove this year. Obviously, being a finalist is within the realm of possibilities. That seems almost like it's going to be a lock. But I think he has a chance to dethrone Nolan Arenado. It sounds crazy, but Ryan McMahon can do it. He watched him over the last four or five seasons, even go beyond that from the time he was drafted and looked up to Nolan, who was already in the majors at that point, winning gold gloves. Ryan McMahon is the man to take down Nolan Arenado's streak of Gold Glove Awards. Man, and I only have him fourth? What am I doing? Okay, number three, Kyle Freeland. No nonsense. He has been no nonsense already. He's faced live hitters, batters, when they came out of the box, they were tilting their heads, making that face of like, ooh, wow, this guy is, is bringing it. Remember, he got married. He was on his honeymoon, and he still kept himself in serious, serious shape. In that matchup against Charlie Blackman, struck him out in four pitches. Would have been three if Blackman wasn't ready to lay off one down in the zone. That very nearly missed. Very nearly missed. So K-Free looking incredibly sharp. Number two, Garrett Hampson. Put on a bit of muscle coming into camp. Now, got to speak with him in an exclusive interview and spoke about the fact that, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's safe to say that I've, I've packed on a couple pounds here. All good weight course but that's typical for him you know we heard about it a couple years ago with john gray losing some weight over the course of the season and and really maybe losing sight of his diet not eating poorly just maybe not eating enough which is strange to say and uh that's been a, somewhat of a common trend i think with a lot of ball players uh, no matter where you play and so although he said hey this is kind of common for me I wouldn't say it was common. It looked a little bit more than normal. Looked very, very healthy. That sneaky pot boy may not be sneaky much longer. 20 home run season for Garrett Hampson? Too soon to say just yet. 
number one on the power ranking of best early spring starts would have to be B-Rod. Brendan Rogers Got a little bit bigger. I wouldn't say in the chest area, but definitely in the biceps area. Looking very, very sharp. Even heard some rumors that he can squat over 500 pounds. So, boy, he came ready to play. During one of the days, I believe it was Saturday, wind was blowing in from the McDowell Mountain, and guys just couldn't hit the ball out. Guys could not hit it. Ryan Valade hit one that immediately off the bat, everyone was saying, oh, nice, you got it. Turned around and said thanks. Turned back around to watch the ball fall shy of the warning track. That's that's how <laughs> that's how bad the wind was blowing in. CJ Crone hit one right down the line, shortest part of the ballpark, and it hooked just foul, could manage it. The only man to get it done, the only man to muscle one over that fence in left field was Brendan Rogers, starting second baseman for the Colorado Rockies. So that's your top five list of guys who are looking good so far. Again, once we get into the games, we'll have a better idea of how guys are doing, what they worked on in the offseason. Is it actually working out for them in the game? Now, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, they've taken such amazing care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially all of those who've made the permanent switch to Green Mountain Dental Group. Best part right now is when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. If you don't have DraftKings Sportsbook in your area, guess what? Don't worry. Do not worry because you can still download the app and have some fun and get in on the action because DraftKings has DraftKings Pools, which allows everyone to play for free all March long for a shot at over $250 in prizes. Check that out over on DraftKings. They're free pools. Can't go wrong. I do want to get to some general news before getting into that conversation with PHNX Diamondbacks about Chris Bryant's connection with the Colorado Rockies. So I'll highlight the fact that Atlanta, one day after acquiring first baseman Matt Olson, they lock him up to an eight-year, $168 million deal. Wow. Not only do they say, eh, Freddie, sorry, but we're not going to bring you back. It's not because you're not great. It's not because you're not beloved, but it could be because your price. And I don't know that we can afford it. They go ahead and spend $168 million on a player who has never even suited up for their team in a regular season game. Wow. Where is Freddie going? Toronto Blue Jays? That was what I said in the offseason. We'll see. Vladimir Guerrero did put something up on his IG profile that he's a third baseman. Hey, that would solve a lot of problems if he can play third base. Freddie Freeman plays first base. And Kevin Biggio is just a utility player all around. That would make the Blue Jays incredibly lethal and maybe even the best team in the American League East. All right, let's stick with the National League. Atlanta also signs Colin McHugh on a two-year, $10 million deal. If you're not familiar with that name, Colin McHugh is a former Colorado Rocky. Yes, he's actually been very good since leaving the Rockies several years back. Rockies got him from the Mets for Eric Young Jr., in a trade back in, I want to say, maybe 2012. 
didn't work out for him was selected off of waivers by Houston in 2013, right as they were really starting to assemble some guys for the upswing of their, their tanking, right? Even when you're tanking, you can still acquire players that are projectable for your future. And Colin McHugh was a part of that, also pitched with Tampa Bay Rays. And so he's going to be a big part of that Atlanta bullpen going forward. As I mentioned with Freddie Freeman, you know who else is in the mix on him from Southern California? Besides the Dodgers? Yeah, the San Diego Padres. What? What? Yes. You know what? I, uh, I, said it, I said it in this conversation with Jesse and Derek from PHNX Diamondbacks. I am now starting to sour a little bit on those San Diego Padres. I like the aggressiveness of which they've moved in turning over their roster and, and bringing in some guys on club-friendly deals or extending them to club-friendly deals. But now I'm really beginning to question some things. They're still paying Eric Hosmer over the next four years $60 million. Now, this year he'll make $21 million, Hosmer that is, and his salary goes down to only like $13 million in the next three years. He does have an opt-out after 2022, but even with a really, really good year, I just think it's unlikely he'd go back out on the market in his age 33 season with three years and $39 million left out there. I mean, it, it would really have to be almost otherworldly to make a team say, ah, we'll go four years, five We'll go four years, $50 million. That that would really be the best case scenario. And so you're almost breaking even at that point. So I just don't see that happening. And so Freeman to the Padres, man, oh man. AJ Preller, you all right over there? Are you all right? Well, I'm doing all right after talking with my buddies, Derek Montia and Jesse Friedman from PHNX Diamondbacks. Hope you enjoy this little crossover. I'm down in Phoenix. They're always down in Phoenix. And we talk about Chris Bryant. We talk about the postseason and there being 12 teams. And if the Diamondbacks and Rockies are really stuck at the bottom of the NL West. And you know what? Get it. It might not be exactly that. Three postseason teams, three wildcard teams, I should say, in each league. And that very well could be three wildcard teams from the same division. How is that even possible? Stick around for the next 10 plus minutes with Derek and Jesse from PHNX Diamondbacks. I just have to ask, and Jesse, I'm going to ask you again. We talked about this. The Chris Bryant thing still seems to be like a, a thing. Chris Bryant to the Rockies. And it's, I don't know, is it it's a gaining steam? And is it, I mean, it feels like it's progressing, like it actually might happen. This would seem just like a crazy free agent to acquire when you let two of your very own talented players walk that you could have kept and honestly, arguably might have been better than Chris Bryant or at least equivalent, right? Like I just, I'm not exactly sure on this move and what it does for the Rockies. It is very confusing. And yeah, we heard today. It's still very much a thing. I, I don't know if I would say it's gaining steam, it's kind of hard to tell if anything around baseball is gaining right. steam right now. Yeah. It just feels like we're kind of in limbo on Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa. And, you know, you hear some some ramblings uh, uh, pretty much every day, but you don't really hear anything concrete coming close. So we'll see exactly what happens. But my guess is the Rockies miss out on Chris Bryant. There's a lot of teams in on him right now. They're certainly not the only ones. Um, but my guess is that if if they're in on Chris Bryant, they're probably also in on someone else, you know, like a Kyle Schwarber 
or you know some of the other bats who are available um, who would offer something like what Chris Bryant offers, a, you know, a genuine middle of the order bat that the Rockies don't really have. I mean, if you take away Trevor's story from that roster, there really isn't that kind of clear middle of the order bat left over. Charlie Blackman is not what he once was. Uh, Ryan McMahon's had a nice, you know, a nice season, but I'm not sure if you'd really put him in that category either. So I think in some ways it's like the Diamondbacks, right? I mean, they they want to put themselves in a position to make noise and make their team better, even if they also, uh, you know, are not necessarily going to put themselves over the top by adding, a, a, you know, a Chris Bryant or a Kyle Schwarber, whoever it may be. Right, right. And I think that's where I'm at. I think that these they they definitely have a talented team. I think they have guys that are, you know, definitely uh, I, I don't know who their core would be that they would build around, but I definitely know a guy that would tell us that and his belly is full now and he uh, is is still able to join us. So, of course, we're <laughs> going to have him on. It's none other than Patrick Lyons from DNVR. What is up, my spring training brother? How you boys doing over there? We're uh, doing Phoenix. Good. Well, actually, how are we doing in Phoenix? How are right we now? doing? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not thrilled about it myself, let me tell you. So, uh how has Rockies camp been so far and can you explain to us a little bit about this fascination with trying to go after Chris Bryant? That I'm not going to discuss uh because <laughs> I'm pretty much as flummoxed as you guys are. But I'll tell you how Rockies <laughs> camp is going. A lot of new guys in the clubhouse, so many familiar faces, of course, John Gray and Trevor Story. Not there, those being the, the two biggest names, you know, players obviously missing those guys, but wishing them the best of luck. Gray, of course, signed that four-year, $56 million deal with the Texas Rangers. Trevor Story still dangling out there in free agency. Where is he going to end up? Minnesota Twins? I don't know, but the Rockies have Jose Iglesias on a one-year deal for $5 million, and that all but closes the door on the Trevor Story era. That's wild. And again, that's part of the confusion on our part is that, uh, you know, at the very least with the Arizona Diamondbacks, we're not seeing them now pursue high price free agents after letting guys go. Right. Like that, that to me, especially after losing guys like Trevor story and Nor Nolan Orinato, it just seems a bit weird that you would be in on Chris Bryant. But I also don't know if these uh, players leaving is of a personal nature or some sort of problem within the organization. They just, they've seemed to be guys that the, the Rockies fans kind of loved. And, you know, it's some of the guys you have talked in the past about fans being upset about them parting ways with, yet here they are now in on another, you know, equally big name as far as how much money they're going to spend. Well, you touched on it there as far as a, there being a problem with the organization where they just don't, I'm not going to say they're rudderless, but they, they don't have the, the direction that, they really need to have now they have a, do have a new GM in place uh, he's done a really nice job so far we'll really have to wait and see what Bill Schmidt is going to do going forward so maybe this is just an example of him starting to put his own guys in place but as someone who's been with the organization for 20 some years and drafted Trevor Story and drafted John Gray as a head of you know draft and development there uh, and, 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 and controlling everything that goes down every June in the draft for the Colorado Rockies, you know, Bill Schmidt knows these guys really well. So to let them go and, and to have just recently traded Nolan Arenado to get that money off the books and then 
to go and sign up to bring more money onto the books does seem strange. The The thing with, with story is you go, well, why wouldn't you have thrown that money at him? And I don't know that they ever really made an attempt to do that, but I right. think there was a somewhat of an understanding that, look, Trevor just saw how the organization treated the guy whose locker was right next to him. The guy who, yeah. whose spot in the infield was right next to him. And so you go, well, look, if you're going to make certain promises, certain overtures and not follow through on it, you're going to say the same things to me, but I'm going to know it's not true because of what just happened to my guy, Nolan. And so maybe the organization didn't even want to bother making that attempt. Not sure, but sure. maybe they can coax somebody new in and say, Hey, you know, we'll give you this money, but also we'll really make a super strong attempt to win going forward, even though they haven't always followed through on those promises. At I want to ask you, Patrick, I feel like, sorry, sorry, Derek. Uh, no, ahead, I want to just ahead. ask for, I want, I want to ask real quick, do you feel that, so like we're, we're all sort of brothers in, in the, you know, the bottom part of the NL West, right? I mean, let's, let's face reality here. <laughs> uh, the Padres and the Giants and the Dodgers are all thought to be very good. I personally think the Padres are a much better team than they showed last year, which is horrifying because yeah. there were two other teams who won a hundred games uh, already. So it's it's a scary division right now, Patrick. And something that we think a lot, uh, something that we think about a lot over here, is just wh what is the end game here? Like, how exactly do you contend in a division where you have the Dodgers who are who are spending two hundred and fifty million or so every year? You now have the Padres who are also in that same uh, general vicinity when it comes to their spending. And not only that, but both teams have very highly regarded farm systems. They both have proven to be reasonably successful at developing young players in a way that the Rockies and the Diamondbacks haven't. Patrick, are we stuck forever uh, just underneath all of these other teams who are having so much success right now? In a word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> great great all right well it's multiple words it's all, bless. all right here we go well i'll say this you know i've i've been a fan of what aj preller has done over in san diego but we are kind of getting to that point now where i'm beginning to think that maybe there's going to be some problems over there in san diego and and maybe we'll be we'll be launching down in southern california will be sdgo and they will also <laughs> join down in the bottom we'll be the we'll all be the bottom brothers it's I'm not fine with that, name, but it's alliterative. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like the name though. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to workshop that name for sure. But, but Jesse, yeah, no. I mean, it's what it is. But but now with there being six wild cards, I heard you guys briefly talking about that in the previous segment. You could actually have three wild card teams coming from the same division. Very true. Obviously, very something true. improbable because you're all playing within that division true. so many times. But certainly next year in 2023 when every team is guaranteed a series against another team, that yeah. schedule is going to really lay out and you're not going to be able to beat up against the same teams. So really a better division overall could actually have four postseason teams. And really that might be the best bet right now for the next couple seasons for both the Rockies and Diamondbacks. If they want to make the playoffs, my thought with the playoff format, if we move to that, that type of scheduling is absolutely the best for it because right now, if you are in a division where the number one team in your division just beats the hell out of the other teams, then that's yeah. really not giving them a chance to see what they can actually do against other good 
talented teams, right? Or just other teams in the in 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 baseball. You could get slaughtered by the Dodgers over and over and over in the division, but still be pretty good against the rest of baseball and you know, still earn a chance now into the playoffs. With the playoffs being expanded, though, the idea of the 162 game season where you play those games against your division mostly are, are over, right? Because that and I mean, that's the part where we kind of lost our way. That was the playoffs in a way. That's why we had such a long season. That's why we played division opponents so much. That's why there was no interleague play is because they wanted you to kind of decide between be amongst you and the other teams in your division, who was the best first. And then you could go out and play other, you know, other teams. And like, again, that's why I'm so big on shortening the season now at this point, if we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, then, I mean, we could literally shave 62 games off of the season and nobody would bat an eye. People would say, oh, the baseball season's still 100 games long? Okay, like that still seems like a lot. And that's 62 games we could shave off the schedule. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want less baseball, but I will admit that it is one sport where the season is just absurdly long. Yeah, I, I think, you know, all the, all the, Tickets that they that they sell for those uh, eighty one home games and all the television rights is going to be one of the reasons why we probably yeah. don't see I, I know. that much. I mean, maybe even slightly. Uh, players are not going to want to give back you know any of that money. But to your point about you started, I mean, look at the NL Central. Pittsburgh Pirates have again just uh, haven't been anything going on a decade and really two decades before that. Uh, besides those three wild card appearances in the early 2010s, but now you have the Cincinnati Reds trading, you know, everyone and their mother away. And right. that NL Central division, yeah. you know, is is pretty weak uh, in, in a lot of ways. I think you could say the same about the AL Central in a lot of ways with Kansas yeah. City there. And, you know, I, I hesitate a little bit with them just because Detroit's trying to get better. They're still going to be bad this year, but they're on the way up. Cleveland somehow with a payroll of a I think do they don't they sit at like twenty nine million dollars right now. It's, something it is like, impressive. <laughs> it is truly really impressive. No, I don't want to hear anyone complain about the Diamondbacks as long as that's how much Cleveland's spending. Yeah, so you, you're right. I think it, I think it'll be a lot more of a of a really positive balance. And think about it. if you if you live in Milwaukee, you may actually have a shot. And again, we'll see how the schedule plays out. But maybe just maybe every other year you could actually see Shohei Otani play in your ballpark. And that was something oh. that. You could say really only right. one every six years. Here's something. The Rockies have only been to Toronto three times in their franchise's history. They've, they've lost all nine times. They're 0-9 <laughs> north of the border. <laughs> the, the Colorado Rockies have been around for, what, 30-plus years, right? And they've It'll only be played. their 30th season. Yeah. yeah. It'll be their that's, 30th year. That's crazy. And they've only played three times in Toronto. That's nuts. Well, Patrick, we we uh, love you. We appreciate you being on, and we'll get you on again before you take off out of Phoenix, so we can chat more about this entire weird free agent frenzy that hasn't been much of a frenzy as much as just a mild fervor, a free free agency fervor for right now. It's still going down. I know, I, I can't believe it. So Chris Bryant signs with the Rockies. You'll definitely have me back. What about Jock Peterson? Does that move the needle yeah, enough? Get a second. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, if it's a slow news day, we'll we'll contact if, you. If 
if you still have a sick wallpaper background like you have right now, <laughs> then you might just get an invite pretty soon here, Patrick. So we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you, Big Papa Parlay. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Big shout out to everybody on the members only Discord. Since the lockout, you guys are tearing it up. Dom, D Rock, Matt, C Dot, Dan W. So many more. Really love the passion you guys are bringing. Keep it coming. You can get in on the action yourselves for only 50 cents for the first month at the DNVR. Dot com and an annual membership if you're ready to go all in guess what you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com follow us on twitter at dnvr underscore rockies i'm at patrick b lyons on twitter this has been great as always but you know what it's not good enough because momentum it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast so i'll talk to you then <laughs>